Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Are you ready? Of course we are. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just broken into Attitude Air Live. Another Monday, another great show. Ladies and gentlemen, with us, as always, Granny Hulkster, the icon right here, and Big Swing will be joining us. This is Colin from Minnesota Metal Band, Celestial Drift. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with my guy, the icon. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, I accidentally hit the wrong button. Sorry about that. Let's do this again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, Granny Hawkster here with us as always. Uh, we also have uh, the Big Swing, he'll be here with uh, us momentarily. And, of course, I am the icon, yours truly. Uh, another great Monday, another big show tonight, three guest nights. Uh, first guest will be calling in uh, within the next 10 minutes. But uh, as promised, uh, real quick here, let's say hi to Granny. How are you, Granny? What's going on? 
Well, I'm in the process of trying to finish packing because we leave tomorrow for our International Moose Convention for Cincinnati. So we're leaving tomorrow afternoon because I do not want to drive 10 and a half hours in one day on Wednesday. So I'm trying to finish up the packing. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Uh, one second here. But other than that, I'm good. I mean, it was a busy weekend. and Well, you know, uh, anyway, Granny, what I was saying is uh, – uh, everybody that, that has uh, been starting to follow our uh, Ladies of Attitude Era Live, which has grown a substantial amount, by the way, we're now at uh, over 2,000 followers, and it's only been up for a week. And for those that are tuning in right now, I'm going to kind of drop in a few details about the big live event that we're coming in, which happens to be, Granny, the second week in August next year. So uh, the plan is, uh, to have a uh, a live meet and greet with some of the ladies of Attitude Air Live. Uh, we're going to do a whole weekend event. Uh, we're going to do live wrestling with Puffamania. I'm going to have some other details with it. Uh, ticket prices will be announced uh, uh, later on when we figure that out. But it's going to be a big, a big event. And uh, the reason why we're hoping that Granny's uh, Hulkster will be available and why we're setting it up for the, the second week in August is because Sylvester J. Fox is already starting to flap his lips uh, about the fact that Granny Hulkster wouldn't have the guts to show up to this thing. Do you think you're man enough? Why don't you just call into the show and challenge me face-to-face or challenge me over the radio? Because you know what, Sly? I'm not the least bit scared of you. I can chew you up and spit you out and talk smack to you every way, shape, or form, buddy. Bring it on. If you think you're man enough, bring it on because I am not afraid of Sylvester J. Fox. And you can take that to the bank and deposit it because that's what's going to happen. Well, you know, it's what's, what's interesting, Granny, about that is uh, apparently – uh, the last appearance uh, that Puff Maney had, apparently uh, Sylvester J. Fox, uh, I didn't get all the details, but apparently it sounds like he may have threw one of the promoters out out of the ring or something like that. So, oh, my. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, for those of you who are listening, like I said, uh, so far, we have confirmed uh, Deb Gardner is going to be here live, along with uh, her friends uh, and the ladies of Attitude Era, which is Scarlett Joe is going to be here. Uh, hopefully, Amanda Sharp will be here. Uh, we're working on that right now. And uh, and uh, a few others that, uh, that we know of, uh, Amanda Sharp uh, is working on coming as well. And uh, there'll be some more surprises along the way. Um, and, you know, we're going to have a live auction. Uh, the rumor is we're going to have some of the gals uh, auction off a chance to sit with them during the live event ringside, which will be awesome. And uh, we're also going to have a special appearance by Diana Rivers. And the one thing that I'm really hoping for, like I said, Granny, I know that you have your thing the third week in August uh, your convention, that's why we decided to make it a second week in August. Uh, could we finally see the showdown 
Uh, with Granny Hulkster ringside and Sylvester J. Fox coming up in this nice white beater uh, red suit. Uh, so that'd be nice. Uh, see, Granny, I know that you would never break back down from a challenge, would you? No. Okay. Not if I could, and, help, uh, not if also, I could help it, you know. And the other I'm not afraid. Is, I'm look, not afraid of anybody. Uh, the also the plan is to do the uh, Attitude Era live live. Uh, we we may do an exclusive show uh, just for that event, so you actually have to attend it to hear the show, or plan on maybe doing the show a day early or two days early, uh, and also plan on doing audio commentary uh, ringside uh, with me and Big Swing, and uh, yeah, so there, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of stuff going on, and we're also trying to get Onyx. Uh, here for that uh, So uh, it, It's it's fun It's going to be a big event It's going to be a big three day event And uh, some other things we're trying to do Is uh, like I said a live meet and greet And do um, a card show Which would be really really cool And uh, more details to follow We have a whole year to work All the kinks out So, um, But more details to come um, I'll let everybody I'm know gonna throw this out are. here real quick, big uh, icon. I'm gonna throw this out here really quick. Um, I was in attendance at a wrestling show for Down South Championship Wrestling Saturday night, and a very good friend of mine approached me and she says, "Granny, have you ever thought about retiring your original Granny shirt and getting a new one?" Because it's so full of autographs, I don't have any empty spaces anymore for people to autograph their names on my shirt. And so she is in the process, fans, of actually trying to work on a new shirt for Granny. I have no idea what it's going to say. I have no idea what it's going to look like. But, you know, I may still have to bring... My original granny shirt, so everybody can see what it looks like. And you know what, fans? It sounds like granny may be getting a new granny holster shirt in the near future. So I'm kind of excited about that because I've had this particular shirt and this gimmick name probably, oh, my goodness. It's probably been close to 20 years. At least, well, you know, maybe. You know, I, I, cool I, I've, lost, I've lost track. I've lost track because it has become so popular over the years with me at different wrestling shows. I'm, you know, I've lost track. So, uh, You know, what's cool about that, Granny, is if you do um, uh, um, plan on retiring the old Granny Hulkster short, short, shirt, uh, <laughs> would you be willing to bring the uh, – bring the original with you so fans can see it here live. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I said. I'd have to bring it with me so everybody could see what the original one looked like. Because, you know, I don't think I, I – I don't want to get rid of it because it's got too many wonderful memories for me. So I don't think I could ever get rid of it. You know, somebody told me I ought to auction it off, and I thought, well, yeah, I could. But it's got a lot of sentimental value. In that shirt from all these years, so I'm not sure I can well, part with it, but um, I'll probably well, bring it this. where everybody could see it. Let me ask you this: uh, for that event, you know, you here's what I was thinking. 
Uh, we got about uh, four minutes before our first our first guest calls in. Here's I can I can put them on now, by the way. Oh, okay. Big Swing is back, ladies and gentlemen. The late Big Swing. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So I tried getting home in time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. here, again, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, you bring the old shirt. Maybe uh, people uh, we can auction off a chance for people to put on this shirt. And take a picture with Granny in a new shirt. Uh, to help Possibly. raise money for the show. Yeah. Possibly. And uh, Big Swing, you'd be down and showing up here live, right? Because what they like us to do is do a live on-air commentary for the uh, for the wrestling event for Pulpomania. Okay. That would be heard on that would be heard on the radio. Hmm. You know. Okay. Because you know we. We we definitely don't get you enough here in North Dakota. I know you're coming up in September uh, to be my DJ, which we we love you for, by the way. Uh, and I know that uh, you're probably going to want to uh, maybe uh, do a couple, a few minutes uh, during the Icon Celebrity Rose, maybe say a few things about the Icon, you know, about how great he is and how wonderful he is and, you know, how uh, he helped make you what you are today. You know, stuff like that, you know. Stuff like that, all right. All right. Then then everybody will say, well, you know, Big Swing, you'll go to hell for lying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so, uh, like I said, our next guest should be calling in uh, here soon. So uh, when uh, she calls in, then we'll go. You mean our first guest? Uh, Yes. Uh, I'm going to let everybody know who we got coming on. Uh, Tonight we got... uh, uh, Jamie Hemmings, uh, she uh, she works for Slam uh, Slam um, Magazine, and she also wrote a book, so she can be talking to us about that. Um, and if you guys bear with me for a second, I'm trying to find my glasses. That Homer is now knocked off my face, um, so uh, so I can see what's going on. Uh, our second guest tonight uh, is going to be. Uh, Scott Bigelow. His dad was Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, so we're going to talk mm. about that. And I'm going to let uh, Scott, or I'm going to let Shane know how much uh, I was one of the few people that was actually cheering for his dad against Lawrence Taylor. Because as you know, I don't like anybody that's not a Viking. And uh, we're going to, our, our third guest will be Dick Jankowski. Uh He uh, used to, uh, uh, be the voice of Gopher basketball and baseball, um, and he also did a lot of stuff uh, with wrestling back quick question. in the AWA days. Yeah. Quick question, Mr. Icon. Is our first guest by any chance from the great state of New Mexico? Uh, well, let's see. I will check to see what the call-in number is. It should be a 505 number. Yes, that's what it is. All right, so if you want to go and put them on, and I'll go ahead and introduce them. We'll have some fun. All right, let me just double check that, make sure I had that right. Boom, New Mexico. Look at that, man. I'm I'm good. I'm good. All right, let me uh let me put them on, and you can do your thing. Remember, Icon, I do have the Yankee, so I might have to step away briefly, but but I'll I'll be I'll have a headphone on. So, just if you need me for something, let me know. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She brings new meaning to the word slam. She writes about it. She talks about it. And she's going to tell us all about it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jamie Hemmings. Hey, this is Jamie Hemmings, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with your hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I am doing great. That's quite the introduction that you gave me. Thank you. Now tell me, is that not the best one you've ever received? It is, hands down. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do, uh, Jamie. If you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll interview you and we'll have some fun. Sure, that sounds great. Um, I have been with SlamWrestling.net as a writer, editor, um, since 2005. And um, in the last year when Slam moved away from being hosted by a new site, I was the book editor. And um, I'm going to be leaving that, unfortunately, in a couple of days because I'm pursuing some other interests. But I promise I'll still be writing stories for Slam. I just won't be the official book editor. But I'll still be there. You'll still be able to read some of my stuff. Well, well, you know that they're going to blame me for you leaving. You know that, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they're like... Oh, she's been she's been on the attitude are alive with the icon and big swing and granny Hulk, and now she's so big she can't be with us anymore. You know that they're going to say that. Well, they might, but I I've made the decision a while ago. Actually, unfortunately, had a really good friend pass away this year, and it made me think of what he still wants to do in life. And then I started thinking some things I still want to pursue. So. Um, it's just about, you know, just living life to the fullest and realizing life is short. It's nothing against slam. I just want to try some other things. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, some of those uh, future endeavors in a little bit, but, uh, we have, uh, Jamie Hemmings is our guest here. We got 27 minutes. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a few questions and then, sure. uh, we'll turn over to granny. And I know big swing is doing double duty because, uh, you know, he's out in New York there and, uh, you know, the Yankees are playing and, uh, you know, of course, who cares about the Yankees? Me being I didn't realize that. I'm not a baseball fan, but. <laughs> well, I, I'm a baseball fan, just not of the Yankees. And, you know, Granny's okay. out there in Kansas City. She's a Royals. And you're in, uh, I believe it's New Mexico. So, uh, um, you know, you know what they say. Some wrestlers are so tough, they go to Mexico just to drink the water. Uh, and I know you're in New Mexico, so that really doesn't apply. But anyway, no. <laughs> uh, so now you uh, now you were slam slam wrestling, and you're you're and you're about to uh, make your departure with them. Uh, how did you get uh, involved with them? Well, I had um, a mentor. Um, he's unfortunately no longer with us, but his name was Bob Leonard. And he, if you've seen a lot of pictures of people who were involved in Canadian wrestling, because I'm actually Canadian, I just currently live in the U.S. due to a military posting, my husband's in the military. But anyways, Bob Leonard took like so many pictures. You see his work in any kind of stories about Stampede or books on Chris Benoit, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, on Dark Side of the Ring. And I met him and, and he really encouraged my passion for writing and um, and my passion for wrestling. And when I was in journalism school, he said, I should introduce you to Greg Oliver. And Greg Oliver is the producer for SlamWrestling.net. And um, we started talking by email, and Greg assigned me a story. I started doing um, profiles on a lot of indie wrestlers. And uh, he hasn't fired me yet, so I guess I knew what I was doing or char- was charming in some way. I don't know, but yeah. That's kind of so, what I got so through Bob. You're, you're in the military. Your husband's in the military. My husband's in the military. Yeah, we're we're both Canadian, what? but he got posted to New Mexico. So we've had four years of very wonderful winters. 
Well, I'll tell you what. We want to thank, make sure we thank him for his service. Yeah, I bet the winters are better than Canada. Yes, yes. Well, and we're, we're going back to Canada, Canada this summer. Well, doesn't Canada have snow like 11 months out of the year? Where we're going, yeah. <laughs> Where we just got wow. posted okay. to pretty much, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, wow, well, okay. The thing is, though, uh, you really can't get to get back to Canada now. No, no, they haven't lifted the COVID protocol yet, have they? Well, I think we're able to get back I, because they are doing military postings. They actually were doing military postings um, as well last summer, like they usually do them in the summer because then the kids aren't in school. And they were doing some from the U.S. back to Canada last year, and they're doing some more this year. So um, we've had to fill out a lot more paperwork and things like that. But looks Yeah, like Icon, it's a lot more difficult because, like, for example, the Toronto Blue Jays, for example – they're playing their games in Buffalo, but they, they're their home games anyway. They have to stay in Buffalo because they don't want the players who have been down here potentially exposed, yada, 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 coming back home. So these players have to spend the entire summer in Buffalo before they're allowed to go back. So I know Canada's still a little bit more shut down than we are up here for, for their own reasons, but uh, I, I'm not sure if all of Canada's that way, but I know at least the East, the East Coast side is, Toronto, Montreal is. I yeah, we might it, still but... have a quarantine when we get there. Yeah. You know, we're still kind of – we're exempt because we're military and we've been vaccinated, yeah. but there are still some – they might say, oh, nope, you can't come. So I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Doing my best. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jamie, how many is going to we got about 24 minutes. Uh, so now that uh, you said you're going to continue working for uh, – not working for uh, – continue writing for Slam Wrestling, it, it – if you could give us a ballpark figure, how many different articles would you say you wrote it? You wrote since you've been with them. Oh my gosh, I don't know. At least a hundred, I'd say. Oh, I don't think it's, I don't think I'm in the thousands. Like maybe somewhere in the hundred, because there were times like when I I had my um, I have one child and I had my son in 2010, and of course when I had him, I kind of did more um, editing, like stories, like proofing stories. And that's kind of how I got into doing some book reviews because then at least, you know, the book, you can take your time, read it, and, you know, it's a little bit more flexible because I needed that flexibility because I was uh, the, kind of the default stay-at-home parent. And my husband traveled a lot with his job. So I don't know. That's a good question. I've never counted. Like someone like the producer, <clears throat> Greg Oliver, would have thousands, but I think I'd definitely be in the hundreds, hundreds maybe. Well, uh, here, uh, Jamie, I had uh, – Hemi's a guest here. I also want to. I, I almost uh, keep trying to call you Hemi, like Christy Hemi, but uh, that's not you. I know <laughs> she's much uh, more prettier than I am. <laughs> no, no, you're 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 pretty cute. It's just oh, that uh, you. you're, you're you're married, so you already been stolen from me. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Granny, what do you got for our guest? We have uh, the the Queen of Slam Wrestling. Go ahead, Granny. What do you got? Well, I am just a huge wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestler, but even though I've been threatened to be thrown in the ring a few times over the years, I don't like the bad guys. I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to. And I noticed you mentioned a lot of um, indie shows and indie wrestlers. What has been one of your most favorite interviews or stories that you've written about, and who was it about? I got to, if you guys are familiar with um, NWA Power, I got to mm-hmm. recently talk with Mae Valentine, 
and her real name, I'm not going to pronounce this as nice as she does in her accent, but her real name is Myra Diaz Gomez. And she actually has written four books. She published her first book at age 19. She's a model, actress, and just like me, she loves horror movies. She's done some ghost hunting. She's done some reporting on true crime. She's interviewed people that are famous like Vin Diesel. And we just had the best time. And I I don't always do Q&A stories. But I decided to do hers as a Q&A because we just had so much fun and just I wanted everybody to hear everything she was – read, rather, everything she was saying. And I think that's a big highlight for me. That's awesome. That's you know, awesome. you mentioned uh, Vin Diesel uh, this weekend. Me and my uh, lovely bride, uh, her fiancé, uh, saw Fast 9, and uh, the dedication they had to Paul Walker at the end there really uh, cheered me up. So uh, it's kind of cool you mentioned Vin Diesel. Uh, we have uh, Jamie Hemmings as our guest here. We have uh, we have about uh, 21 minutes. Uh, Big Swing, uh, if you're there, um, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. I know you got some questions. Um, I mean, you guys actually did a pretty good job of, of covering a lot of um, you know what I what I had to ask. Um, but you know, and plus I'm I'm putting it the pre the post game stuff on so. But I mean, I guess um, just give us dig a little bit more into your into your history. Like, how did you get to where you're at? What were some of your influences? Who were some of the people you looked up to? And uh, you know, sort of what made you uh, want to go down this path? Um, well, I became a wrestling fan when I was seven. I actually grew up in a really small town in Saskatchewan. That's a province in Canada, and um, we only had two channels. We had like the local. Um, community channel and the national Canadian channel so my aunt who lived in a different province she lived in British Columbia she had much better cable she would tape shows on VHS and send those and one tape she sent was um, some wrestling and my brother and my I have a younger brother and my dad would watch wrestling and I didn't really pay attention to it but the tape she sent had Saturday night's main event and it was when the mega powers had split and Miss Elizabeth had to choose which corner she was going to be in and I was hooked from that moment on I just couldn't get enough I just was I was so into that storyline and I couldn't get enough Miss Elizabeth and I'm still a big Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man fan you know it was very sad for me when they passed away but that was kind of like the, the the end of the '80s and that WrestleMania five, really, that's how I got hooked. Right, and uh, that was a that was a big time event because uh, I remember that uh, I remember that Saturday Night Live main event when uh, uh, Miss Elizabeth uh, they they threw uh, they threw the wrestler uh, into uh, Miss Elizabeth and she was knocked out cold. I remember that. Yeah, Macho um, Man fell on her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, uh, we've had, uh, oh, you know, over a ten year, we've had, uh, we've had several people linked to Macho Man Randy Savage, like um, uh, he, when he first broke into business, his roommate. Uh, we had him as a guest, and uh, we asked him, I said, "Did the Macho Man ever say, hey, brother, you forgot to do the dishes?'" You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's J- pretty J. good. Jamie Hemmings, I guess. Here we got uh, eighteen minutes now. Um, so you know you, uh, you the icon made you a cool collector's card uh, you know uh, for the show. Now uh, I'm kind of curious in in that uh, in that card you're uh, looking at the book Slam Wrestling. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, when did that uh, first uh, uh, come out? 
I'm trying to remember when that one came out. Actually, I'd have to look that up. Um, I'm trying to think because I I have a story in that. I because um, it's a bunch of slam stories. It's in the two, it's in the two thousands definitely. I'm thinking the early two thousands. No, no, it would have been later because I'm just trying to think when I finished. Yeah, I think it's about later 2000s. Sorry, guys, I don't know the date that exactly came out, but I have a story in there. Um, I got to write about Barry Orton, who was actually ended up becoming one of my best friends and unfortunately passed away um, this year. But, um, yeah, I did a three-part story on him, kind of how, because so many people were curious what happened to him um, after, you know, he, when he kind of left wrestling because he kind of spoke out about the Ring Boy scandal and then, his, you know, um, kind of got blackballed from wrestling. And I went to, I've only been to one Cauliflower Alley Club, and that was in 2005 when I finished my journalism degree. That was kind of a gift from my parents to go. And uh, I literally walked into him. He was videotaping stuff at CAC, and he, um, he invited me over to come meet his family and other people who were going to be watching a movie he worked on and uh, we were friends ever since and and then he when I got back from the Vegas trip that's where the CAC was he sent me an email that he wanted to tell me his story he hadn't really talked since the scandal happened and everything so we did a three-part story I think that story initially came out in 2006 so the book had to have been sometime after 2006 that's awesome we have uh, Jamie Hemmingson, I guess, here. we got uh, 16 minutes. So now, you know, we, we were talking about that a little bit. You know, you've, uh, you know, you mentioned you've been, uh, you know, writing for Slam for a long What was the very first article that you wrote? I believe it was, it was either a wrestler named Lane, I think it was Lane Fontaine or Vid Vane. And they were, I can't remember, I think Lane was first. And they're both indie Canadian wrestlers. I don't even know if they still wrestle, to be honest, anymore. But it was just interviewing them and writing about, um, you know, their journey into wrestling and how, you know, what their life was like, like trying to balance real life and and their dreams. So it was it was, um, in, I did a lot of indie wrestling profiles. And uh, you know, I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but who was your uh, your favorite? article uh that you did for who you wrote about i think my well one of my favorites had to be barry because barry orton because we became such good friends but i also um one of my big feature pieces that i'm really proud of and actually greg oliver the producer always really puts me over about this which i'm so grateful for i got to the, the mentor who unfortunately is no longer alive bob leonard i did a story about him and he had always wanted to write a book and he didn't end up writing a book before he passed away so getting to write a story about him I interviewed his wife um, interviewed colleagues of his and we just really got to show our appreciation to this man who loves wrestling so much so I think that one has to be a big and and getting to honor my mentor so now uh, you, you obviously did some stories about him obviously about who uh, your mentor that was the one story I did, yeah, about him. It's a big feature story, yeah. And uh, do you have, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like myself, uh, you know, I have a least favorite guest that we've had. We're not going to go into that now, but uh, do you have uh, like a least favorite that you that you assigned to do a story about that was just like a, you know, a complete not nice guy or a nice person? 
I don't have anybody who wasn't nice or was rude or anything. There, I don't want to name this person, but I don't think most people would know her anyways. It was a, a, an older female wrestler that just um, – I, I, she agreed to be interviewed, and she just kept giving yes and no answers. So it's, and she just really – like it was like pulling teeth, and I really – I couldn't do, end up doing – um, she was involved in a different wrestling project. Like it was like a book or a documentary or something. And I couldn't, they, the intention was to do a separate story just on her, and I, she just wasn't giving me anything. So that's about, so, so I've been like pretty lucky. You, yeah. So, so it's like one of these interviews. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're a wrestler? Yeah. Uh, you know you're a, no. I, yeah, I, I hate interviews like that. See, unfortunately, uh, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, we've never had any interviews like that on our show, but we've had had one individual that was, um, well, a complete piece of work. Uh, mm. And uh, do my co-hosts know who I'm referring to? See, they're remaining, they're remaining silent on that. <laughs> they're uh, protecting themselves. Uh, well, let, let's just say it was one half of the Harlem Heat, and it wasn't Booker T. So we'll, we'll just say well, that. Well, that, that narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was trying to be inconspicuous on that. Uh, we uh, we have uh, Jamie Hemmings, I guess, here. we got uh, 13 minutes. So, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're going to keep writing for Slam, but uh, you're not going to be with them uh, full time. Um, right. Are you, are you willing to uh, mention what uh, your uh, your endeavor that you're going to be going on to is? Okay, well, this is a little odd, but I am going to be studying funeral services. Um. <laughs> And cricket. <laughs> well, no, I, I just kind of did a spit take there. Uh, all <laughs> of my dogs. Sorry, Homer. Uh, funeral service. Well, I, I'm kind of curious. I, you, you've opened this up. I, I can't stop myself. What does that entail? Is, is if I didn't know. Sure. Well, um, I'm still kind of learning it myself, but um, I'm not sponsored by a funeral home, so I can't do a practicum in my first year like I don't have a family funeral home that I was born into or anything and so this is your first year of all the education you need without the practicum it's kind of an introductory course to it to see um, if you're interested it, it you know it talks about ethics it talks about um, the intro to embalming it talks about the intro to um, dealing with people dealing with families like it's kind of the whole gamut of what you have to go through um, when someone has lost a uh, loved one and then they want to come to your funeral home for services for it's uh, you know to uh, conclude their life so to speak so I don't know it's always been kind of something I found interesting I don't have any issues with the deceased I'm not someone who also I don't I'm not a creepy person who keeps body parts in my house even though I'm a big horror fan and I do a horror and wrestling podcast called the figure gore but uh, just just a fascination entirely um, pure fascination nothing uh, morbid or grotesque but just something I've always been interested and just kind of thought you know if not now when and there just happened to be a course um, on this subject where I'm moving to so I think it's kind of fate uh, I guess uh, Jamie Hensley, yes, here we got uh, we got about ten minutes. Uh, now, are my co-hosts still with me, Granny and Big Three? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. 
Okay, all right. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought maybe I lost you. Or I did something. <laughs> you, you be hearing my question. While no, I'm we're just listening. It's, 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 you, you got it. You're good. Okay. Well, so with your new career, it's obviously not a dead issue. Sorry for the. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's uh, okay. I, I was. I, I I like to throw in a bag. <laughs> <every now and then>. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Uh, I, I, good. I try and get I try and get one of those in uh, at least every show. But now that <laughs> you you mentioned it, uh, I was gonna I was gonna kind of save it towards uh, the end here. But now you mentioned your uh, you got a podcast. Yes. Um, and uh, first off, uh, hopefully eventually Leslie I can be a guest on there because I guarantee I can uh, I can I can bring uh, thousands of listeners to your podcast, which we all want to <laughs> do. But. Uh, when when uh, will you be continuing to do that? Uh, yes, with your new endeavor. Okay, tell yes. us about your podcast. When when it's on, where they can hear it, uh, how long you've been doing it, all the good stuff. Well, we've been doing it less than a year. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware that Kenny Casanova, he um, uh, used to be a wrestling manager, and he's written several, um, or ghost-written um, several um, wrestling autobiographies like Kamala's book, Brutus Beefcake, the Sabu one, which I really like. That's kind of his latest one. And he did this wrestling bookmarks um, virtual Comic-Con on, uh, it was on the Fight Network when it was all COVID and we all couldn't go to conventions and stuff. And one of the guys... Um, that was doing the hosting duties on there. His name is Rob Bellamy. And um, somehow Kenny had this idea that Rob and I should do a podcast because we both like horror and we both like wrestling. And so we did the first episode, just Rob and I, and in the second episode we invited Madman Pondo. So for the, he's well-known in the deathmatch wrestling world. And he, he is a horror movie encyclopedia. He's just knows everything and also on that show we had artist joe tong on there and after that episode rob kind of said could we do this show with all four of us like it was just such a great time we just had so much to share and so so many laughs so we've just we don't have a set schedule because everybody's got a crazy schedule so we don't have it's not consistent but we do have a facebook page and we're called the figure gore instead of the figure four and we you can look us up on facebook like our page i'm always posting on there uh, movies I'm watching, and Pondo, we post all of his adventures because him being a deathmatch wrestler who's still active on the circuit, and he is always going to some kind of horror convention or finding some kind of horror exhibit. He recently found the wood chipper from the movie Fargo, and he has pictures here. by it, so we put that up there. Yeah. In my hometown, because I'm from Fargo, that's where I'm Oh, are you? From. Okay. Yeah, and the, the wood chipper happens to be out at our visitor center. That's where he was, yeah. That's so funny. Somebody, he, and he did stop by and say hi to me. What is well, I will, that? I will reprimand him for that. Yes. So now, now, do you have guests on your show, or is it just you guys talking about weird stuff? Well, we it's just been us so far. We we like to talk a lot about um, movies we find at the dollar store and review them. Um, we're open to guests, but lately Pondo's had so many. Pondo does these great movie reviews that he even takes photos and he makes notes, and he just goes all in on these movies. Like he recently, we had to do two episodes. He had so much information on this movie called Shark Exorcist, and this movie was so terrible that my husband's not a horror fan, but he was listening in on the show and he watched that movie just to see that Pondo was telling the truth about how horrible it was. So mostly we're just kind of finding those 
dollar movies and talking about that, but I, I think in the future we might be open to having more guests. We're just kind of having fun right now, what we're doing, and, you know, we're, we're definitely open to evolving. Well, the reason why I was asking is not only to put myself over, which I like to do from time to time, <laughs> uh, even though that uh, I like to deny that. My co-host would not deny that. Uh, the reason why I was asking is how would you, if I could hook you up with a real vampire, that would I think that would be perfect for your podcast. Oh, my gosh. I think Ponda would have a field day with that. Well, I think I'll that would make what, him happy. Here's, here's what I'll do. If I could, uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll send you a picture of uh, uh, her name is Chrissy Krueger, and she's a real vampire. And uh, she actually uh, got in touch with me. Uh, we had a uh, horror film director and actress on, and she asked me why I, I didn't call, ask her to be on the show, and I told her I didn't know that you wanted to be. And you know, it's like you know, she sent me a picture, and she uh, with her with her fangs and everything, and. Uh, I, I'm just like I always tell him like I'm glad I didn't say hey bite me, you know. <laughs> she probably would. She uh, would. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll send you a picture and I I think that uh, you you guys would uh, have some fun with her I think. Yeah no I'd love to talk to the guys and see what they think and I'm sure they'd they'd find that intriguing so I know Pondo Pondo will talk to anybody. And he loves horror. Right. Like that. I thought I loved horror, and then I met Pondo, and he knows so much. He's seen things I haven't even heard of, and he just and – and he recalls the movies and who's in them. And, yeah, he's just, like I said, a walking encyclopedia of horror movies. Uh, uh, Jamie Hemmings is our guest here. We got, uh, we got about four minutes. So uh, real quick here so we can do this. If our fans want to check you out and see you and follow you, do you uh, – I know you kind of told us a little bit about it, but uh, do you have a Facebook, you got an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe? Uh, what do you got? I have a Twitter. You can go, it's at Jamie Hemmings and the number one, and Jamie is spelled J-A-M-I-E. Um, you can also go on Facebook, look up the figure gore. That's our um, Facebook page for the podcast. Um, please go to slamwrestling.net, and in the search, you can enter Jamie Hemmings, but also read everybody else's stuff, too. There's a lot of great writers on Slam, and, and I don't do all the book stories myself. I couldn't. There's so many wrestling books, especially with self-publishing. So there, there's so many great writers on Slam, and we're always finding um, new contributors and that. So just you know, check out everybody, but, I mean, search for me first. And uh, you can always email me, too, at jamie.hemmings.number8 at gmail.com. Now, uh, if uh, people wanted to check out, uh, is there a way that they can check out uh, some of your uh, your uh, old articles that you wrote? Uh, is there like an archive somewhere that they can check you out? Yeah, you just enter Jamie Hemmings in, into the search, and uh, yeah, you you'll like all my stuff will come up. Awesome, uh, Jamie Hemmings, our guest here. We got uh, we only got a few minutes left here, uh, so. You know, with your, we do wish you uh, luck in your future endeavors. Uh, you know, and uh, we hope that uh, you know eventually we can uh, get you back on again so you can give us an update because our fans are going crazy for you right now. But it, and it is kind of awesome, uh, you know, everything that you do. But I, I, I definitely would like to uh, help her promote your guys' uh, podcast. You know, uh, you know, kind of like what you did uh, for us here by being on the show. We'd love to. I'd love to return the favor any way I can uh, to get people out there for you. 
Oh, for sure. And I could even send you, yeah, the link for the group and or invite you to the group, however that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to send me an invite, that'd be awesome. Sure. And then, yeah, I can uh, do that. I'll, uh, I'll, like I say, I'll send you a couple of pictures of uh, uh, Christy. Like I say, she's a... Uh, She's a she's a big horror film gal, and she's working on getting a couple roles as a vampire. And uh, I believe she spent, uh, I believe it was uh, $2,500 to actually get one of the dolls used in the Bride of Chucky movie. So, um, so she'll be awesome for you. But yeah. uh, anyway, so uh, Jamie Henry's our guest here. We have uh, We have about a minute. Uh, like I say, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, we, you're awesome. And, uh, thank you. And, uh, like I say, I will stay in touch with you. I know that you, you promised to drop your training order if I, uh, cop, stop calling you at two in the morning. Uh, and, you know, uh, and now that I found out that your, your husband's in the military, I'm definitely going to stop calling you at two in the morning. So, uh, we'll yeah, yeah at least two thirty. Move it to at least two. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Jamie, thank you for joining us, and you're Thanks, awesome, Jamie. and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. This was so much fun. Thanks to all of you. I had a great time. Thank you. All right. Jamie Hemmings, ladies and gentlemen, awesome. What a great guest. Um, and I believe our uh, next guest, if I'm not mistaken, let me get yes, the area code too. Here. I'm going to make sure. Uh, yeah, seven three two. Let me know when they're on. Oh, they they've been on. They've been on for about five minutes now, waiting. All right, go ahead, put them through, and I'll introduce them. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step through the ropes right now. One of the more legendary sons of a wrestling legend to join our show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to bring the bam to the bam. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Shane Bigelow. Hey, guys, this is Shane Bigelow. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. How's it going? Hey, hey Shane, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We have Shane Bigelow here. we got 30 minutes. Uh, I know it's late where you're at, and I do apologize for the whole time zone thing. So uh, we'll make this as quick so uh, we can get you uh, uh, we can get you to sleep. Because uh, if uh, you like your dad, uh, he's one of those guys you didn't want to take off in the ring. So I'm going to make sure I uh, I don't overstep my bounds on this one. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll keep it fair. All right, so if you want to give us a little quick little background about yourself, then we'll uh, then we'll have fun with the interview. All right, well. You know the name. I, I live in uh, the Central Jersey Asbury Park area. I'm a special education teacher. I work in a high school locally. Uh, I coach football, wrestling, and track. I, I'm very much into the outdoors and fishing, hunting, doing all that type of stuff. I, I, I you know, I live a regular life. I, I you know, I'm, not, I'm living through COVID like everybody else, and, and that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously your uh, your father was Scott Bigelow, better known as Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, the only wrestler in history to ever have the entire top of his head uh, tattooed. Uh, now, 
for all for fans that may be wondering uh, if that tattoo is uh, real or not, you can let us know that it was one hundred percent real. Correct? Oh, it was one hundred percent real. He he got it touched up multiple times, sitting right in my kitchen as a child. So I can attest that after after a few too many chairs to the head and a couple stitches, he had to get it lined up. And and over the years, it's. It has more. You definitely, if you look at his early on career and you see his head from the beginning to the end, it's completely different. So it was always evolving and it was never finished. Now, uh, do do you have any tattoos? Oh yeah, I'm 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 just discovered. Like there's no people meet my brother and I, and they're not surprised. They're like, oh, well, you know, you guys are. You look like your father. You're the size of your father, and you've got complete sleeves. My brother's got, like, a full body suit. He's 28 years old. You know, like, it, it, we got tattooed at 12, 13 years old. My my very good friends and people who, who ended up raising me, much like my older brothers after my father had passed away, were guys in tattoo shops. So I was very much raised in, in the tattoo culture and, and I still very much am involved. My friends are, you know, they own shops. They have great shops up and down the Jersey Shore. And it, it's really awesome. So I'm covered. I, I'm working on it. You know, sometimes I, I got to slow myself down. You know, I don't want to <laughs> slow it up too quick. <laughs> no head uh, stuff yet. I, I like I got uh, a full head of hair. <laughs> uh, Shane Bigelow is our guest here. We got uh, 27 minutes. Now I'm going to ask you a couple other questions, and we'll do a roundtable, uh, and then I want my co-host to save uh, the WrestleMania questions. I'm going to ask that, and then we'll, we'll go back through you guys. But uh, Now, do people, uh, when, they, uh, when they see you in public and they compare to uh, Bam Bam and they, uh, and they see your last name, how many times have you heard, are, are you related to that wrestler guy? Yeah, a lot. A lot, like especially around here. I mean, I I still live. I live down the street where he grew up. I work. I coach at the high school that he went to high school that he was kicked out of. Like I still very much see people who went to high school with him that knew him as Scott Bigelow and Scotty and and knew my uncle Toddy and my uncle Billy and those guys. So like, uh, it's not even. They're not even shocked anymore. They're just like, you know, what's up, big? And they, they got some crazy story to tell me about my father or my grandfathers or, you know, like that, that just era of those people. So uh, it, it's really a great place to live in. Uh, you know, I just got to ask, so uh, when, uh, you know, uh, when you were growing up and, uh, you know, having a famous father like you did, uh, I'm just kind of curious, what was it like, uh, you know, kids coming to your house Halloween Knocking on the door, trick or treat, and there's Bam Bam. And uh, what did they uh, just drop their candy and run, or uh, did he say, uh, "Are you a fan of mine? You better be, or else you're not getting any candy." He, you know what? I got a fun. I got a real quick funny story for you that. So he sure. was cool, and he was cool with everything, right? One one Halloween or one Christmas, we went out and bought those like it was like ninety seven, ninety eight. We bought one of those house projectors with that projector like. Santa Claus on a sleigh, you know, and like, it was real nice, and and the next night we come out, and it's like a pumpkin on the side of our house, and it's the middle of December, and my father's just like completely baffled, he laughs it off, and he legit leaves uh, this pumpkin up on the side of my house, 
from like December 15th all the way up through like February. Fast forward like 15. Fast forward like 15 years later after he had passed away, I was the head bouncer at a bar over here in Central Jersey called Bar A, and this guy comes in and he goes. I got to tell you about the greatest accomplishment of my life. And I'm like, what is that? He goes, so we did this old switcheroony on your father's projector, thinking he was going to come out and, like, beat the brakes off of all of us, scared to death, right? He goes, so we put it up there, and then each day we come and we go to check it out. And one day we see him standing out there looking at the pumpkin on the thing, thinking he's going to be all pissed off, scratching his head, and he just walks back in the house. And then sure enough, he goes, the biggest F you to be, he goes, your father left that up there for like two months, did not give any, <laughs> did not get any care on the world. He thought it was hilarious. And this kid, this poor kid and his friends probably had like commando mission. He said they were like, my front yard was probably about 100 yards long. They command, they had, he was like, we commando rolled. We were, we were night mission. Like he, he said like the whole pomp and circumstances, these guys like thinking that my father was going to come out and just like break them in half. It was the coolest story of their lives. And I thought it was so cool running into this guy like 15, 20 years later hearing that, you know, and, and my father just rolled with it. <laughs> uh, Shane Bickles, I guess you got uh, 23 minutes. Uh, I'm going to kind of turn it over real quick. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guests? We have uh, Bam Bam Bigelow Jr. Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, Granny, go ahead. Well, it's it's an honor to have you on our show, and I am a big wrestling fan. I have been a big wrestling fan for years. I mean, I remember watching your dad wrestle many a times. I mean, Many a times I watched him wrestle, and he was just absolutely amazing in the sport and the business. I mean, gosh, I'm just trying to think of a really good question I could ask because I'm just – I've really enjoyed just listening to you talk about your dad, the stories that you shared about your dad. I mean, what what, what was one of your favorite – matches your dad had and who was it against? I know that's probably a hard question, but Yeah, like I, I go back and forth with a bunch of different um matches like every time. I I have to say I I can't I remember just like a particular series of matches that were like really prominent with me was the um the early feud with like him and Tatanka in mm-hmm. I wanna say like ninety two, ninety three, WWF and where yeah. like where they were just and and Tatanka was such a great wrestler and it, it was such a great show and they it they like played off of each other and it was such like here's like a, like a a big American badass dude and here's like a Native American prideful guy like fighting for and he was just like Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, he he had very similar styles to like Bret Hart. He would just take a beating for, for like fifteen twenty minutes, and then do this like big long comeback where he beat the brakes off of my father. And I just remember those matches and just being like completely enthralled in them because it was just nonstop. And like how these two guys they work so well together. And, and you know, I, I could think of a uh, hundred different scenarios, but like that's one that in my early childhood where I like, I really watched and was like, Oh yeah. Because they were characters. Like, yeah. Came out oh with yeah. Dressed on like, 
and he is he's he's in that, he's like still actively part of the nation. So like he's out there like supporting he's representing thousands of people. Like it's something that's really cool looking at now. And you know my father being like a huge heel to that character. Like it it was it was really cool to see. You know looking back at now. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I had the opportunity, my husband and I had the opportunity to meet Tatanka at an independent wrestling show probably about, oh, probably two, two years ago, maybe three now. I mean, you know, with COVID, it's kind of you know, lost track. But, but the funny thing is, you know, you mentioned, you know, a heel. When I go to these independent wrestling shows, I don't like the heels. I mean, I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels, and I've had this gimmick name probably for close to 20-plus years, and I got this name from a former co-worker because I love wrestling. That's how I ended up getting the name Granny Holster. And I've got a shirt, in, and it's my original one. It says, what you going to do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you? And I oh, yeah. I never know what these guys are going to say to me. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, I never know what they're going to say to me. That's what I love about the independent shows, because I can interact so well with these wrestlers, you know. And I've actually had promoters come and thank me for being there because there was a company called Traditional Championship Wrestling that ran in Arkansas where I live for, they quit running in 2013 and they did TV tapings and they still show the old TV tapings down in the Little Rock area on television. And to this day, I still have people come up and ask me, hey, aren't you that lady from TCW? Aren't you granny? I love, I mean, I am not just the average wrestling fan. I have, you know, had a lot of compliments from wrestlers over the years. I mean, I've met some pretty, I mean, I'm friends with beautiful Bobby Eaton. I'm friends with Trevor Murdoch. I'm friends with the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, I've met Matt Hardy, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, Oh, Jake Roberts. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, Jim Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, the list goes on. So, but yeah, your dad was really, you know, even though he was a heel, and I don't like the heels, he was still he did an amazing job in, in the years that he wrestled. And I mean, I just I had to tell you that. So, being the wrestling fan that I am, I mean, he was absolutely. He loved what he did. I mean, he loved the business, and you could tell that. I mean, you, he, his passion for the wrestling business was truly there. Yeah, I appreciate that. He he definitely took pride in, in going out there and putting on a good show each and every time, and whether, you know, and, and much to the sacrifice, and actually to the sacrifice of his body, because you nobody knows the pain he went through, through the, all of those guys go through the, through the entirety of their career. So, and for him to go out there day in and day out and you not see that, uh, I, you know, there's nothing but heart. So, I appreciate that. Thank you. Shane Bigelow's our guest here. We've got about 17 minutes. Uh, Big Swing, if you're, if you're there, I know you're doing post game with the Yankees, but what do you got for a guest? Go ahead. Well, I was a bit on the tail end of Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, having been born in 
in 88 and not really getting into seriously watching wrestling until the late 90s. Um, you know, I was sort of on, on the tail end of that, but I, but I was a WCW kid growing up and obviously that was Bam Bam's, you know, that was, that's where I, I had known him from. Um, but I also knew him from the video games. I always selected Bam Bam on the video games cause he was like unstoppable. And so I actually, I actually knew who he was on the video game. Before I knew who he was in wrestling just, just, uh, for that reason. Cause you know, my, my parents didn't let me stay up late night go and all that stuff bothering but, uh, but when I finally got to see him on t- uh, actually on TV, um, you know, I was kind of blown away just by the size and the whole head tattoo thing and just the whole look. Uh, honestly, I thought it was Vader at first with the mask off, and then I realized obviously it, it wasn't. But again, I was an eight-year-old kid. So what the hell? But my thing is, <sighs> growing up in the household of a wrestler, um, you know, you see more, hear more, obviously, than, than the average fan would. Uh, you obviously probably feel more than the average fan would. Uh, there, there are people who get super invested in wrestling, and they love and hate these characters. Um, was there anybody that, being Bam Bam's son growing up and watching his matches and watching WCW and possibly even some WWF, mm-hmm. uh, was there anybody you as a kid just hated? You were just like, oh, every time Dad faces this dude, I just, I hate him. I, even, I, don't even, I hate his face. It was, you know, anybody? It was uh, when I, early on. It was Big Boss Man when he first, when he actually uh, when he first, his, his second stint in in the WWF in, in, from like ninety two ninety five. He first came out, and actually, I was just reading an article today from ninety like three about his mm. feud when he came in with Boss Man, and like, see, I was born in eighty eight as well, so I, okay. that's when I my. My first understanding of, you know, five, six years old of wrestling is a five-year-old kid is watching my father fighting mm. this pseudo Yeah, I mean, you were probably officer. exposed to it a lot earlier than I was exposed to it also, though. So you had a head start on me, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, when, I, when I tell you that, like, exposed to it from birth, like, my mother had somewhere has pictures of me with Andre the Giant being held like that. Oh, wow. Like the same yeah. Things that, like, you know, I, I'm I'm, I'm so extremely fortunate and I'm so humbled by all the stuff that I got to experience because I have friends. I, my best friends are such fanboys of wrestling, and they, like, they, like, met me, and they, they, it was like you could see there were, like, a million and one questions, and, and just I, I'm so appreciative of all that stuff. So, yeah, mm. cool. Really but cool. you hated you, you you hated boss man. Couldn't stand him. Couldn't stand him. I couldn't <laughs> like just. I wanted I wanted to see him just like beat the brakes off him. And then you know I got a little older and I understood that like, all right, this is this is dad's work. And now it's like, I didn't like the characters just because I was like, all right, I'm tired of seeing you know this gimmick. Or I'm tired of seeing these guys again. But I loved it all. Hmm. Now, when you when you didn't like Bossman, when he was, I believe he was using his real name in WCW for a little bit towards the end there, um, with Bam Bam. I can't remember Ray Steve Trailer. something or other, huh? No, Ray Trailer. Yeah, Ray Trailer. That's what it was. So he had he had changed up a little bit, but um, oh, I had one icon. I had it, and then and then we got on the 
the boss man topic and then I uh I, it slipped me but I'll get it back I'll get it back but um so watching you know that from a young age um oh oh I remember what it was having watched it from a young age and having seen you know the storylines and some of the things that your father went through and some of the things that the business was doing back then watching WWF or WWE I guess you have to call them now are you just as disappointed as the rest of us well you know like I, the, the thing is like when I say when I say like I dislike the Ross man that was the last, really the last five six years old that was the last time I was vested into it like a fan you know oh I became, see okay you know, then it became that was Dad's work, and then my brother's godfather is Ray Apollo, the second joint the clown who took over after Matt Bourne. So like, I watched it and was like, "That's my uncle Ray Ray," and that's mm-hmm. you know my father out there. And so like, it, it became it, I became detached to it because I was backstage with Razor Ramon in the locker room, uh, Shawn Michaels, you know. Andre, well, when I was a baby, Andre the Giant, but like Yokozuna, there was The Undertaker. My father was great friends with the Wild Samoans. They were over our house. Um, Jenny Hoekstra talked about meeting uh, Diamond Dallas Page. He's a Jersey guy. He used to bounce at bars mm. down that I uh, that I worked at. You know, uh, Tommy Dreamer is is an awesome dude. He sold me. Who sold my father uh, like the the Hank Aaron signed baseballs? Like that's the type of people that like these guys are. Like Chris Candido grew up in Spring Lake. Is like an older brother. I see his brother Johnny all the time. Like he's it was a family culture. Like this is a, you know. So I lost. So then, when you were a kid, when you were a kid, did you have a crush on Sonny then? Dude, that was that was like my my uncle. That was like my uncle's girlfriend. Like you know, like yeah. That, 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 that doesn't I, mean you can't have a crush on her. Hey man, I don't I don't I don't share that. But I I, didn't, I wasn't even paying attention. I'll tell you what. You're a teenage when boy. I was, of course you thought she was hot. Come on. I was ten years I was ten years old, man. And now you want to talk about the Nitro Girls in 2001? We could that you know that might have got. We could do that. Kim, Kimberly Page was was a, was was hot too, but by 2001. I was all in on WWF. I had given up on WCW by that point, but but yes, the Nitro, the Nitro girls were were beautiful too, and uh, but yeah, you know, every ten year old kid, you know, loved. I mean, I loved Sonny. I loved. Um, I, I didn't really like Sable, but you know, any of those, any of those girls. You know, you know, Icon's favorite one was Icon had a big pinup poster. Um, Icon, I'm gonna throw you under the bus here. I, I know it was a nude photo, but. Um, you know, so so just admit it and be big here. Uh, I, Icon's favorite pinup girl was Luna. Luna was shown. That was that was his that was his girl. So yeah, I, I, anyway. I, I think not. Uh, <laughs> guest here. We got about uh, ten minutes here. One thing I do want to get to, uh, so we got a little time here. Uh, now let's talk about the probably the most famous match that your uh, dad was involved in. The actual match that actually got my me to save up all my allowance to uh to get the pay-per-view when your dad took on Lawrence Taylor. Now, here's the deal. I hate Lawrence Taylor to this day. I hate Lawrence Taylor. I hate the Giants. Uh and uh, even though that big swing is in New York, he doesn't like the Giants either. Uh nope. I never like Lawrence Taylor. 
Uh, me and my dad. Well, icon, I'm pretty sure, water. based on the way you talk, you don't even like the state of New York. Well, I don't have an issue with the state of New York, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> no, no, man, you we said got the pay per view because we wanted to watch your dad kick the holy hell out of Lawrence Taylor. Tell us, what do you remember about that? Did you get to meet Lawrence Taylor? Did you spit in his face, kick him in the shin? Tell us about <laughs> it. Oh, I met. I I like. Talk about being like a fly on the wall for just about every single backstage thing involving Lawrence Taylor. Like you, the way you guys hate Lawrence Taylor, I love that man. He he was over our house at pool parties. Like when I'm out on the golf course, I'm pretty sure half the golf clubs that my father gave me are ones that Lawrence Taylor left at our house. Like that oh, wow. that man is is so cool. He's he, they were such great great friends outside of it that that it, it was an amazing thing to be a part of because he, see icon you know, we don't know him that way like we hated him on the field i, I hated him because i'm a cowboys fan and he used to tear us apart uh, i don't know why I, I icon hated him but we we didn't get the chance to know him the way that, that you knew him so that's probably you know our hate was probably misguided in that regard yeah it, 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 he he's so cool, like to the point where I live in the Jersey Shore. Like he he still goes to bars around here. My sister hosted at hostesses when she was in high school at this local bar, and she's like, "This guy Lawrence Taylor's here." I'm like, "Hold on, I'll be there in five minutes." And like walked right up to LT, you know, respectfully. Everybody's all around him, just like, "What's up, man? I'm I'm, I'm Shane Bigelow. My father's Scott Bigelow." And he shook my hand, walked away, and then he stopped mid and stop. He goes, "Scotty." And then ignores everybody around. We proceeded to have a long conversation. He just—he had nothing but great sentiments to say, and he—he's a absolute hoss of a man. And like, I brought my best friend with me, and my best friend's jaw was on the floor. It was like, this is the top three greatest football players of all time, and he is like fanboying out to the the six months you got to spend with your father. Like, I—it was—he's so cool. I, he's so cool. You know, and just think about this too, uh, because of uh, because of your dad and that match. That's what got uh, Steve Mongo McMichael in wrestling, uh, because he was at the corner of Lawrence Taylor, which also brought us Deborah McMichael, which also brought us the the puppies. So just think about that. Look what all this stuff that your dad helped evolve because of that. Yeah, match. yeah. I, I like you know the funny thing is I and. The, I, Mm. I've actually been doing a few of these interviews recently. Mm. Some guy asked me, he's like, well, how do you feel about that being the worst WrestleMania of all time? Like, if you change the order of events because somebody had to label the last two matches as a co-main event, if he wrestled LT as the second-to-last match, that might be one of the top WrestleManias for a while. You know, like, it's something so crazy, but they just blame because it was Lawrence Taylor at the end. I don't know. I, I just I'm biased. I'm allowed to be. <laughs> well, what, no. Here's another way to look at it, though. Uh, at least Lawrence Taylor wrestled in his first debut. You know, I I still have the shirt. First time, last time, only time. I mean, look at Carl Malone. He didn't even do anything. Jay Leno did nothing. I mean, think about that. It, Lawrence Taylor actually did out went out and with your dad, when the other guys just kind of hit, hit behind DDP and uh, everybody else. I mean, think about that. Was yeah, the final yeah. night, 
the final night of WCW, uh, the final Nitro in March of '01, was that was that an emotional time for you guys, or or did your father already have plans afterwards that he knew he was going to be set and stable to to go somewhere after? No, you know what? Actually, none of them really knew that it was the last mm. one because oh, they didn't. Got oh. No, they didn't. It, they got. They knew that there there was a pending sale, but they had a, mm. a hiatus, so they did. They they just were like, "Hey, we're not booking for a while." There wasn't like a pomp and circumstance where it was like, "This is the last one." And he already mm. at that time, from what I remember, he had already his back was hurting. He was taking the time to just kind of recoup. And mm. when it got bought out by AOL, they were able to—he was able to ride out the last year and a half, two years of this contract, and get paid in full and kind of rest his body. Which you, anybody that plays sports—I mean, I played small-time college football. Once you stop playing, is when you start feeling the pain. Is when you start feeling the bumps and bruises. And mm. once you stop wrestling, I mean, to play play a football game every single day full tilt and that's professional wrestling and then stop and see what your body feels like. So it caught up to him when he wasn't able to get back. Mm. Now, did, did, did he have plans to go back in though and wrestle again or no? Uh, he, he was, he was still, you know, early. I think he did go to the independent circle for a while after a little, for a little bit, I believe after WCW, but yeah, yeah, I believe like, anyway. He was a victim of of modern medicine being like yep. five years too late because like right yep. now what what he would have needed for his back is laser surgery that they advertise for senior citizens like he mm. it just it just you're Bad five timing. years too late yeah. yeah but he was his career started in 1984 1985 Memphis and he lasted all the way up to 2001 2002 which when, is which is a great a great tenure. Uh, for somebody who's pounds. taking, yeah, and taking those f- kind of physical bumps all the time, now, that's a very good tenure, actually. <laughs> uh, average NFL career is like three and a half years. If yeah. Oh, yeah. You're talking. Yeah. You're talking about a, a almost 20-year professional wrestling career, 275 plus average road days a year matches. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, well, I, I his mean, body was deep. Uh, we have we have uh, we have Shane Bigelow as our guest here, and unfortunately we only have about two minutes left. But uh, you know, usually I ask our, our fans want to check you out and follow you and see what you're doing. You got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe. Uh, you selling Lawrence Taylor's clothes? What do you got? <laughs> no, no, but people try to hit me up all the time to sell me back my father's dirty underwear because I want that and stuff. Um, no, nah, man, I don't, I'm not big on the social media. I have Facebook, I have Instagram. It's big underscore low 78. I mean, I, I rarely ever post. I, pro- I have like millions of photos of my dad. I should like post like throwback Thursdays because I have some really cool stuff of them, but, uh, eventually I'll get around to it. It's just, you know, I know you, you know, you mentioned you got, uh, you got photos of your dad, uh, uh, do you th- uh, if if possible, do you think you uh, you could send us maybe a few uh, for giveaways for uh, for our fans uh, for our big uh, December giveaway we got coming up? Yeah, yeah, I'll see what I can find. You know, some stuff, some family stuff. Most of the things that I do have are the great people of social media that send me like 
I have guys that were reporters in Japan that are like, hey, I got these really cool pictures of your dad. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I I have a lot of cool stuff, but most of the stuff is sourced from the fans like you guys. And I'm always thankful. And uh, one thing you got to admit, though, you mentioned you've been doing a lot of interviews, but uh, you got to admit, though, this show is the only one that made you your own collector's card, right? Uh, I, <laughs> hey, man. Here he goes with I, the collector's I'm card. I'm flattered. I, I I haven't had one since T-Ball. So I grew up a little bit. I, I filled out the collector card better. So thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Shane, we want to thank you for joining us. We'll definitely have you on again. And we've added you to uh, our Sons of Wrestlers. Uh, now uh, we've had you on. We've had The Undertaker's son on. We've had Chris Benoit's son on. Uh, we've had uh, just about every member of the Hart family on with us. Uh, and uh, I'm not just saying this because you're you, but you are one of the best. And we want to thank you so much for all you do for us. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And anytime you want to talk, you can give me a shout. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Have a great night, guys. All right, as well. Shane Bigelow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, uh, are you uh, are you ready to uh, call our ne- our guest there? Uh, I uh, I suppose so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta find my little notepad here and pull up the pull up the number that you gave me um, for for them. Hang on one second. Um, bah, 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 bah. did you send it? No, I think you sent it to the group chat. Hang on a second. Uh, yes, okay. All right, I got it here. You ready? Yep, go ahead. Go one. Three. All right. Should, should be, uh, We'll be bringing here in a second. All right. Hope you'll hear no. Hey, Mr. Jankowski, this is As You Dare Live. You ready to go on with us? Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to introduce you, then we'll have some fun, all right? Okay, very good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the man that brings the Polish faith to the great state of Minnesota. He is known the world over as the Polish Eagle. He is the funniest man that I know. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Dick. John Chowski. Hey, how about that? Thank you, big guy. Appreciate it. This is this is Dick Jankowski, and you're listening to Attitude Era Live with your hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster, three outstanding individuals. How are you, Dick? Good to have you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Icon. I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you what, we have uh, we have uh, Dick Jankowski's guest here. We have uh, 37 minutes, so we're going to have some fun. We're going to cover a lot of topics, uh, and uh, we're going to have some fun. And uh, if we uh, if we can, maybe we'll do a little five minutes overtime. We'll see. 
But uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, uh, Dick, then we'll uh, interview you. Well, you know, the big thing is, I guess, is that I was born in Fargo and uh, only lived there. To, only, yeah, right. I agree. I was only, I only lived there until I was six years old. Then we moved around. We moved many, many places, but we moved uh, out of Fargo to a little town of Wabasso, Minnesota, in Minnesota. Excuse me, down by Redwood Falls. A lot of people might know where that is. Your, your listeners probably do. But yeah, it's a. So I, I, I get back to Fargo. I was on the Roger Maris Committee for 25 years, the Roger Maris Tournament. I, mean, I haven't been the last couple of years, but uh, I still like to get back there whenever I can. But, yeah, I've been in sports ever since I was uh, very young. Uh, radio in 1965, started in a little town of Ladysmith, Wisconsin, and worked in radio in Shakopee, New Prague, Minnesota, several other different small-town stations. And then, of course, I guess most people would know the name if they're Minnesota sports fans. I did the uh, Gopher basketball as a public address announcer for 31 years and football uh, for 10 and baseball for 30. So I've been involved. I was also a ring announcer for Vern Gagne in the old AWA. And I've done so many different things. It's amazing, I suppose, to some people. Well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to talk about the, the heyday of the AWA uh, in a little bit. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned that, uh, that uh, you know, you used to be part of the Marist Committee, and, of course, you know, they just had the uh, event uh, uh, here last weekend, and, of course, it's just uh, not what it used to be, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, it's still a great event. That's, we still love seeing the, uh, the Marist family come to Fargo every year, but it's the event just has kind of dropped off a little bit, you know? Yeah, I believe that. I do believe that. One of the things is it's pretty hard to get celebrities nowadays anyway. I know that's really a tough thing. They just won't come like they used to. You know, they used to want to come to the Marist Tournament, but you don't find that anymore. Unless they get a certain amount of money, they don't like to do anything. So it makes it, yeah, you're right, it makes it pretty tough to put on a great event like it has been. Now you uh, you uh, also do uh, you know besides the marriage you've uh, also done a lot of uh, events uh, throughout throughout the years and uh, throughout the year. Uh, do you uh, do you still do a lot of uh, other uh, tournaments and uh, uh, speaking obligations? Yeah, I still do a lot of speaking all around. Uh, I actually have been at one time I've done all around the United States. In recent years, it hasn't been that much as far as a national speaking, but I've been in Canada and a few others and enjoy it very much. I still do a lot of high school sports, play-by-play and interviews and so forth, so I'm still very active that way, and uh, I, I still enjoy that type of thing. I did do the American Legion World Series for 17 years in Shelby, North Carolina, but I haven't done that now for the last uh, the last three yeah, and that's uh, you know it's uh, it's kind of a shame that uh, you know that uh, you know things have went the way they have. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and uh, we'll have uh, Big Swing ask you a few. And uh, unfortunately, Granny Hulkster had to uh, she's got to do some traveling uh, in the morning, so she had to drop off. But uh, uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? We have Dick Jarkowski. We have 33 minutes. Go ahead. Well, obviously, uh, I, I live in New York. Um, I, I run 
a radio station that we broadcast on out here in New York. So I've only been to Fargo once in my life. It was the third week of March. Uh, I'm six feet tall, and I had snow up to my belly button. So that was an interesting, interesting trip for me. But uh, I, um, I, I found it interesting that you do the Gophers. Uh, you said you did the public address announcer, right? Is that? Yes. Do, yeah, that's correct. I do the radio play-by-play for a local college out here in New York. Uh, it's going into my seventh season now uh, doing that. So uh, different aspects. One's radio and talking a lot, and, and one's, uh, you know, the voice, uh, you know, that you hear in the arena that everyone, you know, becomes to know and love. But uh, I would say you've seen a lot of Gopher games. Obviously, you've seen some NWA um, stuff and AWA stuff. We'll get into that, like I said later. But what would you say would probably be your favorite moment as a sports uh, announcer for the Gophers? I mean, cause I, I can think of one of mine uh, with, with, with Skidmore, but uh, for you as, as a Gopher, as a major D1 program playing in the Big Ten, uh, what, what would probably be your favorite moment? Well, I've had, I've had several, really, uh, over the years. We've had some uh, real exciting finishes to games. I think maybe it might be uh, back in 1970, let's see, that would have been 73, uh, we had a gentleman, Bashan Leonard, was one of our big stars. He didn't do much as a pro, but he did as a gopher. And we beat Iowa, I remember, in a triple overtime game. And he scored, I don't know, 38, 39 points. And I remember I was so into the game that I actually almost fainted at the end of the game. I, I, laid, I laid on the table in front of me, and people thought I had a heart attack. But, yeah, I really was uh, – I just was exhausted, you know, because I really got into it. And it was a heck of a game, triple overtime, as I mentioned. The fans at Williams Arena were going absolutely crazy. Mm. Um, now, so now I'd say that's probably but the Go Gophers ahead. Are, um, the Gophers are, uh, uh, I, I will admit, I don't really follow them uh, as much as, you know, like maybe I, Icon would or somebody who lives out there would. Uh, but I do know that they are a major, you know, D1 program. Uh, you, you do basketball for them as well? Yeah, I did basketball too. Thirty-one years, thirty-one years, right? Awesome. The team, the team's really coming around. I know that they've been in the NCAA tournament the last couple of years now. So, uh, they, um, they 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 haven't been quite. Well, they have a new coach now too. They uh, they, do, yeah. they fired uh, Patino, so they've got a kid that played actually at the University of Minnesota to come back and coach. And I was just, I mean, I I could get into. Um, and I know Icon's probably rolling his eyes over there. I, I could get into my, you know, favorite broadcast moment, but I know uh, this interview is more about you, and I tend to uh, go off on these tangents. It's the it's the radio host in me, so um, so so I'll get into that if we have some time. Right, yeah, well, okay. absolutely. So as a student broadcaster, when I went to Hartwick College in a town called Oneonta, New York. Um, yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah, Oneonta, it was, it was Hartwick College out in Oneonta, and I uh, was, you know, the broadcast journalism major. So I was the only one at that time that was interested in, in doing, you know, sports radio play-by-play. So they let me do the games and stuff. And I would say uh, we, ha- we, ha- we, were, we were in the middle of a gentleman named Jason Boltis, uh, who was our all-time best quarterback. He ended up playing in Canada. And – our team was always kind of middle of the pack towards bottom of the pack uh, in, in our conference. Weren't great. Uh, we ended up, well, we also played in, in w- one of the toughest division three conferences, you know, in the country. So we okay. played, we played the number, 
I think the number 10, number 7, number 13, and number 5 in the country in a row in consecutive weeks. Uh, luckily, luckily, we had them at home. Well, we were, we were in the middle of, of, of a heck of a tear, and we won all those games. We had number 5 in the nation, St. John Fisher, who we had not beaten in over 10 years and had not lost a game in three seasons come into our place and uh, you know, it, it was fully raucous and everything. And here I am as a you know student broadcaster, it's back and forth, back and forth. Uh, we come down the field, we kick a field goal to go up 31 to 28 with about two minutes and three seconds. I believe it was Fisher ran that triple option. They come down the field with reckless abandon, just could not, just could not stop them. Boom, 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 just at will moving the ball. There's three seconds left. It's fourth and goal on the half-yard line against number five in the country. We had not beaten them yep. in 10 seasons. Instead of going for the tie to go to overtime, and they had all the momentum, they just ran down our throats for the last two minutes. The coach decides to go for it. He says, I just want to get the hell out of here. Uh, you know, I don't want to give them any momentum, any more extra time. Goes for it. A fourth and goal from the goal line, and – our linebacker reads the play, hits the quarterback, ball pops out, we recover, we beat St. John Fisher for the first time in 10 years, number five in the nation on our home field, and I'm telling you, we they, they, they took down the goalposts. I mean, it was wow. my call. I wish um, that I could go back in the archives, because all, all my stuff I do for the college now is, you know, it's all documented, I can pull it up and find it and everything, but I wish I could go back, you know, 14 years and find that call. Um, because I still remember it viv- vividly, but I, uh, I, I just, you know, the, the archive footage has been, you know, has disappeared, but that had to have been probably my favorite sports moment. And I knew right then that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into that field and I knew from that game, uh, and, and the excitement of my call, um, and, you know, and I, I knew I wasn't as polished as I would be now, but, you know, yeah. going into it, I was like, yep, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, this is definitely it. You know, the excitement of this game, um, this, is, this is something I want to do. So uh, I knew right away from that moment, and, and it's one of those moments that, like, I won't forget, you know, as a, uh, as a, as a broadcaster. So um, that's why I always usually ask somebody who's involved with sports what their favorite moment is, because I can mention that one as well as another one, and I just know, you know, how much – emotion goes into uh whether you're the pa because i couldn't even hear the pa guy i mean it was so loud in that stadium the pa guy was yeah. you know doing, going through his spiel you couldn't even hear it and uh it was just um it was just amazing so um the fact of uh the fact of you i, I can fully relate when you said you almost passed out at the end of that game because I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I i probably did as well uh, I, I think the uh, the SID uh, and the assistant AD uh, that were in the booth, part of the booth next to me, were probably thought I was crazy. But uh, yeah, it was it was insane. It was an insane moment, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, I love I love that that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, that is it's a it's a big deal, and it's a you know, it's, it, and when you get the crowd really going crazy, that's what's fun too, because at uh, like at our arena, the crowd comes right down on top of me. More or less, that's you know, just it's just like a, like an avalanche, I guess you'd call it. But it really is. It's really exciting. And that was the beauty of it too, because like for for football, I'm way up in the press box. For basketball, I'm right down on the floor. So I mean, when when uh, like the college, I I do the 
play-by-play for now won their conference and they stormed the court. Um, I mean, they, they were basically, the, the students were basically running me over to get out there. And uh, I had to, you know, stay on the air and keep my headphones on and keep the call going. But it's just some of those moments that just make it make it so special. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, that's great. Great way, great way to make a living or at least part of a living to do that, I think. I've always said that, too. And people always said, well, you're not really working. Well, yeah, you are. Because there are a lot of things that people don't understand that you oh, have to yeah. do. And, and what goes into it and, and the stats you need to know and, uh, you know, yep. the players coming in and out and, and the pregame prep. Like, I don't think people realize the prep that goes into those games and which you have to be prepared to, you know, on the sometimes on the fly to be able to, to, yep. to call and make the announcement for. So, yeah, I don't think people uh, that's true. They, they, they see it on TV and it looks easy. But uh, it's yeah. really not. If they only knew what what uh, what goes behind on behind the scenes, uh, my uh, my my nephew, my nephew, my niece, married Joe Buck. You know the, the uh, you know he is, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and said Joe. Joe was and I had a big conversation one time about he has spotters, he has the guy, another guy doing this, especially for football, baseball, mm-hmm. not quite as not as much. But he said people wouldn't believe how many people are in that booth. And have something, you know, they, an assignment that they have to they have to take on each and every play. And, and you know, uh, every once in a while, see, for TV, I always thought TV would be a lot easier because TV, um, you know, they can see what's happening. So basically, yeah. you know, Joe and them are giving a recap, and they have to make something that you just watched sound exciting. For the radio, yep. I have I have to paint a picture. They can't see it. So I have to tell them yep. what's going on in descriptive detail. And, and, and you know, it, it's different because, honestly, I can make anything sound exciting because they don't know what's going on. It's up to me. For Joe Buck, it, it would be a little bit more difficult because we just saw it. We're already excited, and he has to make us even more excited. So I don't envy that job either. Uh, I know he's got a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, he's one of the you know best broadcasters on the planet, you know, for a reason. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's very true. Very true. You know, he learned a lot from his dad, but actually, uh, he, he, I think he, you know, most of it he did by himself, just just from watching, listening, and he put a lot into it. You know, I was amazed. But he showed me his growing up around that. You know, growing up around that probably helped too. You know, with his father and everything. Yeah, yeah. He showed me his Super. uh, Joe showed me his Super Bowl. uh, What he had to do for each play, I couldn't believe it. How he kept track of each play. Oh, it's amazing. And time and so forth. When this happened, when that happens. I don't think anybody realizes that part. Well, I, Icon, uh, my favorite Joe Buck call actually was something that you uh, that, that you still uh, gives you goosebumps to this day. And uh, probably you as well, living out in Minnesota. Um, the, the Minneapolis Miracle a couple of years ago. The Stefan Diggs catch. Uh, I still oh, absolutely. The, I still remember the Joe Buck call on that. And he, yeah. he actually he actually paused for a minute because I don't think he could believe it. And no, you know he could have maybe said more, but I think he was just like, "Oh, oh did that just happen?" You know. So yeah, it, yeah. He said, yeah, "I remember we, I remember talk, I remember talking to him about that uh, sometime after that." He said, "Yeah." He said, "What a thrill for us, even in the booth." He said, "He and Troy Aikman just went nuts." So oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's true. And that happens. I, I think I agree with you. I get I get real excited, especially when you're a hometown broadcaster. Probably more than you should sometimes, but what the heck? I figured 
especially if you're in a small station. Like when I started out, these different uh, businesses were paying the bills. You know, they they took the ads. Naturally, I want the home team to win. In fact, Icon, um, what I might be able to find for you here and play it in just a second uh, while we're on this topic, because I know you have a few things you would like to ask as well, um, but working at the ESPN station here, I can do some quick digging and some quick finger work on the keyboard here. I might be able to load in the Joe Buck call on that real quick, and we can end off uh, with that. But anywho. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, we have uh, Dick Karankowski here. we got 20 minutes. Now, one thing that I want you guys to both know, uh, and I don't know if you guys do this or not. You guys are both coming to my wedding, obviously. Hmm. Uh, uh, are you going to be there? Oh, you're going to be there. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes. I'm uh, flying out big, from New York uh, the night before. Wonderful. Swing, yeah, Big Swing is going to be my DJ, and uh, you're going to have double duty that night. Not only are you going to be given the bride away, uh, you'll be part of the Icon Celebrity Roast as well. Oh, boy. Now, is this something you really want to do? I mean, you know what a roast is, right? I mean, is this something you really, you really want to do? Because, I mean... You know, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who love you, but there's also a lot of people out there who can say some things, even in jest, <laughs> that might, you know, I, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, some people want to roast until the roast happens, and then they get upset about it. So, yeah. I mean, as long well, as you've got a thick skin. I, well, the, yeah, I hope I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, the thing is, uh, the, one of the reasons why we're having the roast is because, uh, you know, Brian Swenhart, uh, he's a nationally known comedian. Uh, he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's been, you know, quarantined because of COVID. He was our guest <clears> here. <throat> uh, and uh, he agreed to come out and do a comedy show for uh, my wedding uh, that we're going to sell tickets to to help cover the cost of the wedding a little bit because uh, I have no other way of doing it. <laughs> Not true. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, one thing is, uh, you know, uh, Dick and I, and see, the reason why I, I kind of uh, uh, let you uh, take over the, most of the interview, Big Swing, is because I, 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 Dick Dick has been a great family friend of ours for years. Oh, so you've known him. Uh, okay. Yeah, he, he, he was the MC at my dad's retirement, and uh, uh. Uh, he, uh, I mean, he was at my graduation, great guy, and... Uh, you know, one thing, uh, one thing, uh, Dick, I, I never ever told, well, maybe I did tell you this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of celebrities that are uh, dicks. And that's why I always thought you should go by uh, Richard because you're not a dick. You're, you're, you're uh. Richard, <laughs> Richard Cranium. Um, Icon, look what I I was able to, uh, real quick, in less than five minutes, uh, look what I was able to dig through the archives and get my hands on. Where Tatum's going to try to work the ball on the boundary. Tatum steps into it, pass, and Now you notice that is that there's a long yeah. lot of silence. 
Joe Buck couldn't even say anything. I think he was so stunned. He had his initial call. He was excited. And then, you know, that was probably the most silent I've ever heard Joe Buck on a broadcast, honestly. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. It it, 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 it was just exciting. Yeah, I have to agree 100%. It's, if you can find the if you can find the Paul Allen call too uh, in your archives, there try and find that one. Um, we'll compare. Paul them. Allen Paul Allen might be tough because we are a, a New York affiliate, so I don't know if we would have yeah. that. But, but but let me see. Um, I, I you might, might find, be able you to might find, you, you might find it on YouTube. But uh, so anyway, uh, we have Dick John Kessler guest here. We got uh, well, we got about uh, sixteen seventy minutes here left. Now uh, now. Uh, one thing that uh, a lot of people don't know, uh, Dick, well, maybe a lot of people do, mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, you have a, a great sportsman media collection, do you not? Yes, that's true. That's true. And uh, Mine is – is, is, a... go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you, most sports collections – go ahead. Most sports collections in Minnesota, I, I have found that they're mostly – you know, Minnesota teams, twin, the Twins, Vikings, or the uh, the Wild, the Lakes, whoever they might be. Mine is everything because I have so many favorite players from different teams that have nothing to do with Minnesota. You know, and people can't believe that. Like, but the Detroit Red Wings have always been my favorite hockey team, and I'm a big Philadelphia Philly and Philadelphia Eagle fan, even oh, though I live in Minnesota. Oh, oh no, 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 no! You love that, don't you? You oh. love to hear that. I know you would. And then I also, you know, I've, I've been a Celtics fan, Utah Jazz, you know. Celtics so my collection is, is really, uh, well, everybody comes, comes more like a museum, I guess, so basically. Dude, I, I got something for you. I've actually had a tough 26 years uh, of my fandom uh, every fall. Uh, I've had nothing but disappointment for a majority of my life. I'm only going to be 33. Um, but yeah, this this is my team. You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was a, that was probably the last time they were they were relevant. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's right. But yeah, it that's was, right. It was, it was, it's, been, it's been a tough 20 plus years, especially since they're the they're, they're the most profitable and the richest franchise in all of sports uh worth a billion something dollars um and and they've they haven't done anything in in two decades but uh icon real quick because i i do know that we have some you know more talking to do and we don't want to be playing a lot of clips but uh i'll give you an early wedding present icon uh i i i i am the magic man and I was able to find it. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Wow. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Dick. Stay oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No It's about two minutes long, so obviously we, you know, I'm not going to play the whole thing. But yeah, I, I was able to uh, able to find it in the archives here. That, that now that to me is makes it exciting because you have no idea what's going on. You're driving in your car, you're listening on the radio, 
you know, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden that happens. And, you know, it, you're like, wow, that must have been something crazy, you know. And it just it gives you me being a radio broadcaster and a play-by-play broadcaster myself. That gives me, um, you know, goosebumps to hear that as well. Uh, now, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I've only heard that maybe once. Um, you know, I, I'm more familiar with the Joe Buck call, obviously, because that was the one that I saw. You know, that's the one I heard when I watched it happen on TV. Um, but, but yeah, I, I that's that to me that was that's probably one of the iconic calls in the past five plus years, for sure. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Say when you come when you come in for the wedding, uh, I work kind of like I'm going to be there Friday, Saturday, and go go back Sunday. Are you going to be there more than just one day? Um, it really depends on my work schedule. Um, luckily the, the school that, uh, that I do broadcasting for now does not have football. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a freelancer for football. My main season, I do basketball. And then once basketball starts, I do all the sports until the end of the year. So, uh, if I'm not freelancing for football, uh, this season, um, then yeah, probably more than one day. Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll get a chance to visit and have a, have a little fun together. That sounds great. And uh, uh, we have a Dick Jarnkowski, I guess, here. We have, uh, 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 you know I, know, I know we told you we were only going to have you on 45 minutes. Are, are we able to go over at all, Big Swing at all? Um, we, they do have the Yankee post game, but because we started when the Yankees were still playing, we're on sort of a side station, so we'll have a couple of minutes before the commercials cut us off. But, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say we probably five to seven minutes to be safe. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go. We'll go five minutes over. To, uh, and then Dick, real quick, and follow me through this. I know what you're uh, talking about. Can you tell us why Big Swing never learned how to swim? Oh Jesus! Why? I, 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 I happen to be a well, really I mean, good swimmer, but okay. Well, I, I can't really – the joke probably won't go unless you see the person you're talking about. You know, it's the old story, but uh, a guy weighed 300 pounds. I, I usually use it on, on somebody that's pretty heavy, and I said he never learned how to swim because you have to wait an hour after you eat. And I'll tell you, I got more trouble with uh, some guys that didn't take it very well. <laughs> they did not have a sense of humor. You kind of have to have a sense of humor about that kind of stuff. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know, That's right. But, I agree. You know, some people are so sensitive nowadays. Yeah, they are. Uh, uh, Dick Tarantino's going to guest here. We have about uh, 15 minutes regular time, and then five minutes overtime. Uh, now, uh, real quick, we'll go back to your uh, we'll go back to your your collection real quick, and then we'll talk about the uh, AWA. But uh, what would you say? And I think I already know. For our listeners that don't know, what is your prized possession that you have in your collection? Well, my favorite—I guess it's my favorites. You know, my favorite players. I have a lot of. Sam Musial was my all-time hero, baseball player. I liked him more than anybody else. He had a Richie Ashburn to play for the Phillies, and then hockey. Gordy Howe was a, by far my favorite player. And you know, it, each each sport, it's probably guys that have they're older or have died were my favorite players because uh, you know I'm 77 years old, so I saw these guys play. All the way back to Otto Graham, Bobby Lane, and Norm Van Brockman, people like that in football and basketball. George Mikan and Bob Cousy and, and Dolph Shays and guys like that were my my heroes. So it isn't today's player that really stands out for stands out for me. It's 
guys that played years ago, and, and most of them, all of them have passed away. Uh, now, uh, with all your travels and everything, did you ever, ever have a chance to meet any of them, of your heroes? Oh, I met most of them, believe it or not. I knew Musial, Ashburn, Howe, uh, Bob Cousy. I met him. and Dol- Dol- I never met Dolph Shays. I did like him. I had a nice relationship with George Mikan because, of course, he was a big a businessman. Once he retired from the Lakers, he had a travel agency, and I would see him a lot. Yeah, I, I was lucky. I've been very lucky to meet a lot of my so-called heroes. Uh, one of the coolest possessions I thought that you had uh, was uh, didn't uh, didn't your uh, your relatives or your family make a big bust of your head for your collection? Yes, they did it. In other words, I've been, I'm fortunate to be in eight different halls of fame, and so they made the bust for me. And they said, "Now you're in the Jankowski." Family Hall of Fame. So yeah, it was kind of a nice gesture by uh, my wife and my two kids, Jeff and Jennifer, to put that together. A lot of people get a kick out of that when they come down and take a look at my stuff. Now, what's interesting is, uh, you know, uh, your son Jeff, who uh, I'm, uh, I know real well, I'm good friends with. Uh, he also did some coaching uh, with our local team here uh, for a season. Yes, he did. The, the uh, Fargo Moorhead Redhawks, 1998, one of the best teams they've ever had in their history. I think you'll agree with that. They won well, 72 yeah. games that year. I'll, man, that was amazing. I think it was the best year, I think. Well, maybe it still is. They won everything. Oh, like, the, everything they won the World Series, so to speak, in, that, in the Northern League. And Jeff has a beautiful ring. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I kinda, it's just like a World Series ring you'd see in the major leagues. Outstanding ring, and uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you're, you know, you're. I, I've known your family for. You know what's interesting, Dick. You know, I've known you. I've known you. Uh, let's see. I believe the first year you came down was for the eleventh annual tournament, if I'm not mistaken. That's when we had uh, uh, Bob Costas coast to coast. We had Bobby Knight here. Uh, that's when that jackass Sid Hartman came down here. Uh, we'll, talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Well, I, I, I got to touch on that so everybody knows. I got to touch on that. Uh, I'll just say it if you don't want to touch on that. But uh, and then uh, yeah, and, and I've I've had a chance to meet your son Jeff, uh, great guy. Uh, met your wife, uh, great cook Arlene, and uh, I've never ever met your daughter. I've never no met your she. Daughter. No, you probably haven't, because she doesn't. Uh, she didn't go to a lot of that stuff. That, yeah, that's very true. You probably never did. But she's she's a big sports fan. She is a big sports fan. I mean, she she loves it. What follows everything pretty closely. Vikings, of course, are here are her favorites. But uh, she does follow other sports too. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I met a Viking great uh, here before I came on the air, Tommy Kramer. What a great guy. Two-minute Tommy. I know you know him. Did he, did he remember me or not? Did Tommy remember me? He or, did. Or, yeah, he, did he? He also, remember, he also remembered me as well uh, when he was here. Good. For uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we'll, we'll kind of touch on this a little bit, and then uh, we've got a few other things. Um, now you, uh, how did you get hooked up with uh, the uh, AWA? This, of course, this is a wrestling show, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. How did you get hooked up with uh, Vern Gagne and uh, the AWA? Well, that, it was just uh, because we, I was, 
I was actually a, uh, an usher. I started as an usher, and I had ringside. Was one of the, one of my assignments. And then I got and then I got to know Vern a little bit then. And then when I was a kid, a twelve year old kid playing little league baseball, Vern Vern gave me a ride one day. He just picked me up. I had to go about two miles to the ballpark for practice, and he gave me a ride. I don't know. We just kind of hit it off, and then in radio and all the other MC, and he heard me do that stuff. So I ended up being a ring announcer from 1983 till 1989. So I, I worked with Hogan and the, and the Crusher, Andre the Giant, the, the Road Warriors. You know, and, and way back, Dick the Bruiser, uh, let's see, who are some of those guys? Farmer Marlin, that was way back. Wow, UConn I Eric. Yeah, I worked with him a lot. Worked with I worked with uh, Nick a lot. Very very classy guy. Did you? Uh, how about Larry Zabisco? Yep, he was on. He was with that group. And he was. You probably, you, you probably got to uh, work a little bit with Eric Bischoff. I didn't. I knew him a little bit. He he, he wasn't around here much. That he took off for New York to work with McMahon. But I did meet him. I did meet him. And uh, you know. Uh, you know, you also, uh, you know, you mentioned you started out an usher. Did you also uh, uh, do, uh, was it ushering or security for the Vikings at Metro I, Stadium? 17 years. I was the head field usher right on the field, right next to the right next to the players, maybe two or three yards away from some of the plays. And uh, you, you're you one of the few uh, non-players that actually got a game ball from Bud Drennan, correct? Well, I didn't get it from Bud Grant, but I got it from the Vikings, from their organization. Yeah, I did. And uh, you and you still have that uh, encased in plastic with a, uh, if I if I'm not mistaken, it's encased in plastic with a security alarm to it, so it goes off if someone tries to touch it. <laughs> no, well, I should put an alarm on it. I don't have one, but I probably I probably should. Yeah, that was a nice gesture on their part. Actually, it was after they went for the first Super Bowl. When they came back to the Super Bowl, they were nice enough to give me the, uh, even though they lost that, of course, to the Chiefs, they were nice enough to give me a game ball. You know, uh, we have uh, Dick Tarkowski as a guest here. we got seven minutes of regular time and then five minutes of overtime. Uh, uh, and Icon, I do have something real quick um, to, to play. I, I, I can pull some strings and try to get uh, a little bit of extra time. I, I do have a shameless plug that I uh, would like to play here in, in a couple of minutes, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you want to do it soon-ish, okay. but um, yeah, it's up to you. Well, let, let me ahead. just make sure it lo- let me just, let me just make sure it loads correctly. Um, to give you a backstory, um, the the uh, school that I um, call for now is called Skidmore College. They're in Saratoga Springs, New York. Uh, they had won their their conference. However, the um, Oh, two thirty-two. Oh, I don't know if that's going to be long enough now. Let me let me see. Um, the uh, actually, let me, let me see. Oh, hold on, let me see where this starts. So here they go. Okay, yes. So this is it. So this uh, the initial clip was seven minutes long. Um, I edited it down to just under three. Um, there there, there were some other parts that were. You know, Edmundus Rupkis, who was our all-time leading scorer in program history from Lithuania, uh, had just scored the basket to put to put us up by two with about three seconds remaining. 
obviously I was freaking out in that call as well, but there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of space in between and there is a lot of um a color commentator that I that I edited out and things like that. So I'm just gonna tell you I, I um I didn't put that part of it in. So just know that Rupkus has already scored uh and they're playing a school called Vassar. Uh and this this was the clip that uh that they actually they, I icon they screwed me a little bit. They sent this into to ESPN. It was supposed to be on Sports Center top ten or not top ten rather um, but they didn't send the video in with it, so they didn't use it. But anyway, this this was probably the highlights uh, of my uh, of my broadcasting. This was about I think this was two seasons ago. So here they go. As the inbound goes into Grindy, Grindy, B.J. White pulls up for three. Nobody fouled. They called the foul. Time expired. They called the foul, and B.J. White's going to get three free throws. Oh, my. Skidmore was a a, a fraction of a second away from escaping with a win that maybe they shouldn't even have. And now they have a chance to lose it with three free throws here. B.J. White, we knew they were going to try to go for the win, not go for the tie. And B.J. White, 75% at the line here tonight. He's made three of four. And he has a chance to win it for Vassar at the charity strike. My goodness, don't you love the Liberty League? First free throw, rattled home. Wow. Second one for White. Made it. He rattled it home. We have a tie game. And with no time left, B.J. White could win it for Vassar here. And he does. B.J. White shots the thoroughbred. They storm the court in cranberry and silver. B.J. White makes three free throws with no time on the clock. And Vassar escapes. 72-71. Wow. Silence befalls Williamson. I do not believe it. I don't think the Skidmore players believe it. And now things just got a lot harder for their seating in this Liberty League tournament. And this is one that they had to have with Hobart coming in here on Friday night, the number one seed. Figure you win this game, you got the number one seed coming in Friday night, you lose that one, people understand. This was not one that they could afford to lose coming into this game. Vassar was 6-14 and 5-8 and and in the Liberty League. Bad loss for Skidmore. We will see you Friday night, 72-71. Vassar shocks the thoroughbred. So, yeah, that's pretty hey, that's a, You know, that sounds, that sounds – I like that excitement. That's that's exactly the kind of thing even, that I that I do. Even in a loss. <laughs> yeah. Know? Even in a loss. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing was I got to do the post-game interviews, and I'm walking through the hallway, and I hear the coach for Vassar telling his coaching staff he didn't even touch him. He didn't touch him. And, you know, and oh, is that making, right? it, making it worse because, you know, obviously he's jumping around and cheering while it's happening. But after the game, he was like, man, He's like he didn't even touch him, and I had to I had to keep it 
you know, I had to keep it somewhat neutral because obviously, you know, we have Vassar players, parents that, you know, are the, the other schools, players, parents listen to the games and stuff too, you know, so, you know, you're not just going to get yeah. on there and bash it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if, if that's in a loss and that's, that was actually maybe, a, you know, maybe an eighth to a quarter of, of, of the excitement that, uh, you know, of when they have a win. So, um, it's just, you know, but that's what I love on the fly. I had no idea that was going to happen. As far as I knew, he jacked the shot from 40 feet. As far as I knew, you know, we would be coming away with that win. And then, you know, things, things like that happen. And uh, it, it, just, it yeah. just makes it just makes it exciting and uh, and entertaining. So um, that's great. Yeah, that's no, I, what I've been doing and, you know, for the last seven I, years. Uh, I, enjoy, enjoy, I enjoy that type of thing. And that was good. That was fun to listen to. That was, that's great. Right up my alley. Right up my alley. So, Icon, we are we are in our overtime right now. So, um, if there is anything else uh, you you want to get, uh, we, we got about seven minutes. All right, that's fine. Uh, you know, it, uh, real quick, Dick, I, I just want to kind of touch on uh, real quick. Uh, you know, uh, if you want, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I understand if you don't because it is uh, it is a subject. But uh, you've uh, you've uh, been a- actually able to battle and beat cancer twice. Uh, yes. Now, uh, how 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 is your health now? Good. The the cancer uh, came back the second time, actually uh, over Thanksgiving, and I had six treatments of of the chemo chemotherapy, and I've been cancer free now for about uh, probably a month, a little over a month. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been really lucky. It's my mine is a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's a it, it, they say it's one of the easier ones to treat, and I guess it probably is. But yeah, I was really fortunate. I didn't think it ever would come back. It, it came first time in 2014, and then came back again in 2020. The way it turned out, because it was November. Yeah, I never well, thought it would, but it, it did it. But thing is, that's what uh, that's what Roger Maris had was not from the same thing. Yes, he, yes, he did. In those days, you know, they didn't treat it as half as well as they do now. But you're right, he did. Yeah, that's what he had. The medical technology wasn't as good back then. Yeah, for sure. No, that's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, when uh, when I first heard that, uh, you know, you had cancer again, you know, I'm like, man, you know, I this is one guy, this is one of my friends that I'm not going to lose because of cancer. You know, I, I lost a lot of relatives because of it. I lost, uh, you know, friends because of it. And, uh, there's no way I was going to, there's no way we're going to give you up, Dick. I mean, we're going to keep you as long as, uh, no, as long as we can. Uh, I appreciate that. I don't, I've had people pray for me, I guess all over the United States or any place I'd spoken or people knew me, I heard from them. It's amazing. Letters, cards, and people call me and, you're in our prayers. You're in our prayers. So I thank everyone for uh, the things that they did. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I'm sure the Lord is looking at us like, oh, man, there's a, there's another uh, there's another prayer from for the Polish Eagle. So uh, we're going to keep letting him fly. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, hope, <laughs> that's, I hope you're right about that. I hope that that's, I hope that's something he actually, he actually said. <laughs> you know, I love you know, it. You know, real, yeah, real quick here. So, one of our fans is asking me in the chat room here, uh, how did you get the name Polish Eagle besides uh, 
being a Polish Kamikaze probably would fly twenty five successful missions. But wait, 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 wait! Icon, Icon, is it eagle like the bird or ego, E G O? Eagle. Oh, it's, oh, it's like eagle. the bird. Although it could be, it could be both actually. To be honest, but no, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be like the bird. It's supposed okay. to be like the bird. But yeah, I I got it when I was selling cars for uh, uh, here in Shakopee. I was selling cars, and every salesman had a nickname. And he said, "We have to give you a nickname." So he said, "We know you love sports." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Name some of your favorite teams," and that's that's when I named out. Named off, I should say, the Phillies. And the Eagles were the last name I mentioned. And the, the general manager said, I'll tell you what, it rhymes nice or it sounds good. You're going to be the Polish Eagle. That happened in 1968, and it's uh, I've had it ever since. You know, and, uh, you know, Big Swing, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Dick being from Shakopee, you know how the town of Shakopee got his name, don't you? Uh, a guy was in a border party, and the lightning struck, and he goes, Shakopee! Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I hope the jokes in your roast are, are better than. That. We'll, we'll have to nail him. I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, He'll be Dick sorry. Has a, Dick has got a lot of great. Uh, Dick has got a lot of great jokes. Like I say, that's why I, I didn't have him do any of his one-liners now because. Uh, I want people to uh, come. I'm sure we'll hear enough of them at the roast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I know, think you probably will. You know, the one thing I do miss though is uh, during the Roger Maris, uh, you and uh, Woody Woodbury, our great friend Woody Woodbury. You guys had had to do some a lot of great back and forth stuff, and uh, hopefully with uh, Brian Swenhart, you'll be able to do that. I know that uh, you guys are probably going to be a little off because you've never been on stage together, but uh, uh, it'll be awesome. With uh, with you two, well, I'm excited to see it. it. I'm excited to and, see it, uh, and, uh, and and I wanna I wanna get to know you know a little bit of everybody. And I will give you this: Midwestern hospitality is definitely different. I'm uh, I'm I'm from um, I'm from New York, where you know people get in fistfights over parking spaces. So you know I'm I'm. The last time I went to Fargo, I was I was blown away by you know how friendly everybody was and how hospitable everybody was, um, and you know especially and being, being out of town. And it, wow, everybody knew me. Well, that that I figured because you said everybody knew you, so you know I, I you know I, I came in expecting that, but um, it was just. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I I was very blown away by how nice everybody was and how you know uh, <laughs> hospitable and you know all that. So I I don't know. I mean I just I, I was I was very very happy with it. And even in Minnesota, even when I rented the car in Minneapolis and drove to Fargo, uh, even the rental car people were super nice. So, so overall, very positive experience from that area of the country, uh, being a New Yorker, because we're used to people not being so nice out here. So, and and uh, Big Swing, there's two things I'm going to promise. You, there's two things I'm going to promise you when you're here. One, okay. there'll be no snow on the ground in September. There's, I, there's, I, there's I, you never know. And two, you're not gonna have to worry about any car accidents, anybody uh, running a red light and hitting us. You're not gonna have to worry about that. And uh, you, me, and uh, Dick will be like the uh, pep boys of the wedding. Uh, uh, 
Dick, Chris, and Icon, the Pep Boys of wedding ceremony. Yeah, yeah Dick, he almost he almost killed me last time I came out. He I I had only known him uh, I had only known him as a voice on the radio. I had not ever like met him in person. You know, you you get this guy, long trench coat, ponytails, like, hey, let me take you back to my apartment, you know, show you all my wrestling stuff. And, you know, at the time I was like, "Uh, you know, I I don't really know this dude, but hey, you only live once, you know. So so we're driving back to his apartment, and next thing you know, we're driving and everything, and we're talking, he had his fiance in the car and everything with him. Next thing you know, next thing you know, we're we're, we're flipping twice, and, and... we're upside down, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And it, it sounded like somebody dropped, like, a heavy box. It was like a boom. And then and then we're upside down, and I'm like, what in the hell? And, you know, obviously, I was fine. I just had – I had my glasses on, so I, you know, I had a little bit of a cut under the eye. But, you know, obviously, Icon and, and uh, Bernadette, you know, went to the hospital. They are luckily okay. But, but I was like, geez, Louise, man, you guys uh, – you know, I, I could have, and nobody, and here's the thing, I got, nobody knew I was out there for that event, that wasn't a work event, that wasn't sponsored by anybody, my family didn't know, I just went out there for the weekend, uh, for that event, and I, I could have died in Fogo, and nobody, nobody would have known, <laughs> so, you know, but it is what it is, it was, it was a, you know, it was, it was a, it was a good overall experience, so I'm not gonna, uh, not gonna bash him too bad. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I, I think we've, uh, re- uh, the uh, the peak of the show. Yeah, they're, they're about to cut us with the commercials here, so they're they're yeah, about to I, cut I, into I, some part. I'm gonna we're we're gonna be out there at the end of July. We're gonna take you to a baseball game. We're gonna have a lot of fun out there. Together. Yeah, It'll be good times. All right, and you uh, have, and, and, and and hey, the, the the deal icon. The deal is though, at some point, at some point, yeah. you have to come. You have to come to New York at some point. Well, you know, uh, here's the thing. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna ask, yeah, I'm going to ask you about that real quick. I'm not uh, in the city. I, I'm outside the city, so you don't have to deal with all the people of New York City. So you have to worry about well, that. Well, me and Bernadette want to come out and watch the ball drop. Maybe you can, uh, we can do that and stay with you. Oh, in New Year's, yeah, in Times Square. Right? I can arrange something, yeah. Sure. There you go. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Dick. Uh, I'm getting our tickets. Uh, we're gonna bring you to a baseball game. We'll be out there at the end of July, and uh, we're gonna have some fun doing that. It'll be great. Absolutely. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we got you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. But anyways, yeah, I like, they, they are giving me the symbol. They are giving me the signal now, so I do. I do gotta cut it um, for the time being. Yeah. On here, so. Hey, great, right. uh, great to talk with you, and I'll look forward to seeing you at the wedding. Yes, yes, it'll be great. Darn right. All right, everybody All right. watching our Facebook page uh, for our guest next week, and uh, same time next week, everybody join us. We're going to have some fun. And also same. check out the ladies at Madison Air Live on Facebook. Yes, same icon time, same icon station. Dead man.